0: Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But (laughs) hey,
1: my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want.
0: (laughs) Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome to History of a Haunting. I'm Carrie.
2: I'm Archie. And I'm Nancy, the live studio
1: audience. Hi, Mommy. <laughs> Hi. Uh, we are very excited to have my mom be a part of this episode because Hampton Court was such a roaring success. That was, that
0: was so much fun. It was
1: so much fun. So whenever my mom is here with us, we always have the best time, and it's just hilarity and stupidity all around. No offense, Mom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <taken. laughs>
1: Um, today's episode is a lot of fun. It's a really cool place. It's actually a listener suggestion. Uh, very excited uh, because Jamie M. messaged us through Facebook and she suggested this location. She writes to us, you should do an episode on the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I have been there and it's pretty cool. Its history is very interesting and it's haunted. Oh, and for Archie, it has a resident ghost cat. Oh, God. (laughs) His name is Morris. Okay. So, um, thank you so much for the suggestion, Jamie. We are so appreciative. This is a great, great location. It does have a great history. Its hauntings are five out of five bananas. And um, so this episode is dedicated to you. We love you and appreciate you so much. And... Let's get into it. Let's talk about the 1886 Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Archie, what you got?
0: All right. Well, perched on the crest of the West Mountain above the Victorian village of Eureka Springs, Arkansas, is the historic 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa. The 78-room resort hotel is known as one of America's most distinctive and historic locations and a legendsofamerica.com destination. Yes. Built by the Eureka Springs Improvement Company and the Frisco Railroad, the hotel was designed by Isaac L. Taylor, a well-known Missouri architect who had designed several famous buildings in St. Louis. Twenty-seven acres at the north end of West Mountain were chosen for its majestic location overlooking the valley. It was an important time in Eureka Springs history as the healing waters of the Ozarks had become well-known across the nation. Yeah, people from near and far were swarming to the area in hopes of curing their ailments and easing their pains. The developers of the Crescent Hotel and Spa planned to take advantage of these many travelers by building the most luxurious resort in the country. Powell Clayton, a former governor of Arkansas from 1868 to 1870, formed the Uruki Springs Improvement Company in hopes of taking advantage of this prosperous period. Along, Along with several other investors... The Frisco Railroad joined in on the plan, knowing that the resort would spur their business. Numerous stonemasons were brought in from Ireland to begin the construction in 1884. Designed in an eclectic array of architectural styles, the masons built 18-inch walls, a number of towers, overhanging balconies, and a massive stone fireplace in the lobby.
1: Have you seen that?
0: I saw pictures.
1: Yeah, it's, ama- it, it's, it's really amazing. It's beautiful. But it's interesting that the walls are 18 inches thick.
0: Well, the, at the
1: base. Okay, so similar to Trans-Allegheny to support the weight of... Exactly. Okay. okay, I gotcha. Okay.
0: As construction continued for the next two years, more and more workmen were hired as electrical lights, modern plumbing, steam heating, an yeah. elevator, extensive landscaping, and luxurious decorations and amenities were built into the hotel. Wow.
1: In wait, the yeah. wait. When was this 18... 18- was this after it opened 1886
0: and continuing on for two years
1: so well before Stanley hotel I don't remember I think Stanley, Stanley was in the 190s
0: oh I think so
1: like, so wow okay mm-hmm. so for the East Coast this place was
0: this was where to be top-notch wow okay cool in the end the hotel cost two ninety four thousand dollars to build an extremely extravagant amount for the time hmm. On May 20th, 1886, the grandiose Crescent Hotel opened among a mix of fanfare. The local Eureka Springs Times Echo called it America's most luxurious resort hotel. Notables from across the country attended its grand opening, which included a gala ball, complete with full orchestra and banquet dinner for 400 celebrants. Jesus. Offering large, airy rooms with exquisite furnishings, a dining room that once seated more than five hundred people, and outside amenities that included a swimming pool, tennis courts, and croquet, among a beautiful landscape of flower gardens, winding boardwalks and gazebos.
1: Twenty now, person or thirty person bathroom?
2: No. no. <laughs> oh well then,
0: forget it. The opulence Let of the hotel dump. The opulence of the hotel was unmatched at the time. Immediately, the well-to-do of the nation began to flock to the luxurious resort hotel as uniformed footmen met them at the Frisco Rail Depot before transporting them to the inn. Once there, the guests could not only enjoy the healing waters of the spa, but also a stable of 100 sleek, coated horses, Mm. tea dances in the afternoon, and elaborate parties every evening with a full in-house orchestra. However, the prosperity was not to last. After the turn of the century, people began to realize that the acclaimed healing waters didn't have the curative powers that the hotel and the city were so known for. Glory. It, little by little, people stopped coming to the beautiful resort, and it closed in 1907. Not so a very, less than 20 years? Less than 20 years.
1: Okay. That was a genuine question, because I'm so bad at that. <laughs>
0: From 1908 to 1924, the building was utilized as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women, but continued to act as a resort during the summers. However, after after operating for 16 years, the revenues from tuition and summer guests was not high enough to maintain the costs of running the large building and the women's college closed. After sitting abandoned for the next six years, it briefly reopened as a junior college from 1930 to 1934. Man, they just can't seem to keep it. Can keep it going. In 1937, a man named Norman Baker arrived on the scene and brought the aging hotel for the purpose of opening a cancer hospital and health resort. Advertising... (laughs) My
1: mom's eyes just rolled so far back she could see her brain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pardon me. (laughs) advertising miracle cures that required neither surgery nor painful extensive tests. The Baker Hospital alleged that its patients would walk away from the resort cancer-free. However, what was unknown to the many desperate patients who flocked to the hospital was that Norman Baker's miracle, was nothing more than a scam that he had been purporting on unsuspecting patients for years. Mm -hmm. The man had no medical training and had been convicted in Iowa in 1936 for practicing medicine without a license. Furthermore, the American Medical Association had condemned the many elixirs that were sold for different ailments, including cancer. While operating the hospital, Baker was being investigated by federal authorities and in 1939 was finally arrested for mail fraud. One postal inspector estimated that Baker had made as much as $500,000 per year selling his miracle elixirs through the mail while in Eureka Springs.
1: I think that's interesting that that's what they fucking got him on, the nail fraud.
0: Sometimes that's the only way.
1: Well, they got Al Capone
2: on tax evasion.
1: uh, Oh, did they? Okay, well, I guess you guys are right. Like Sometimes that is the only way, I guess. Sometimes. I I listen to enough true crime podcasts that I should
2: fucking know that, but still, this guy is disgusting. Yeah, that's that's bad. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Baker was convicted to serve a four-year sentence in Leavenworth. An investigation revealed that over the years, Baker had defrauded cancer patients out of approximately $4 million. Yep. And this was in the 1930s? And this is in the 1930s. Wow. That
1: is the equivalent of $74.5 million today. God.
0: While no one died from Baker's cure, the investigation showed that his treatments most likely hastened the death of those suffering from cancer when they didn't receive effective forms of treatment. In 1944, Baker was released from Leavenworth and moved to Florida, where he lived comfortably until his death in 1958. God! During the war years of 1940 to 1946, the beautiful building once again sat empty. However, in 1946, the hotel was purchased by four Chicago businessmen who began to restore the old hotel to its former elegance. Though never at the level of its first grand days in the late 1800s, the hotel once again began to thrive. Unfortunately, tragedy stuck in 1967 when a fire swept through the fourth floor of the South Wing, and much of it was
1: destroyed.
2: Oh, God. I didn't didn't know about that. No. No, they didn't talk about that. Mm -mm.
0: Over the next several years, the hotel passed through several hands as repairs and more restorations were made, but the hotel was never fully restored to its original grandeur. However, this all changed in 1997 when the historic inn was purchased by Marty and Elise, and I'm going to butcher this name. Rennick. Rennick.
1: Yes, and it's funny that you, because the guy on the show that we watched about this place last night, he pronounces the name, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right. And we replayed it like three times. I've been racking my brain on how to pronounce this
0: ever since I did the research. R-O-E-N-I-G-K. Oh, but good heaven. Rennick, hearing Rennick, I'm like, oh, it's like the first time you learn how to say Llewellyn when you're <laughs> comparing to how it's spelled.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I I'm, that you saying I'm gonna butcher this. I was like, oh, that's right. I, I have I have something. Oh, I have something. I know. Me. Hey, Me. Hey, hey. Yeah. Right. Rennick. I have something constructive to contribute to Archie's history for once. Yay. Yay. In May
0: 1997, the couple announced. In five years, we pledged to have this Grand Lady of the Ozarks back to where she was 100 years ago. But mm-hmm. Ozark residents, having heard these promises too many times before, were skeptical. Aww. In 1997, the Rennicks began to build to rebuild the spas. That first year, a 6,500 square foot New Moon spa opened, which include Vichy showers, hydrotherapy...
1: Type, How do you spell Vichy? V-I-C-H-Y. Oh yes, yeah. I never would have gotten Vichy. I mean, I've heard the word, but I've never. I would never yeah, have gotten Vichy. V- oh, well, that's that's what I was going. <laughs> okay,
2: wow,
1: worldly Jesus. <laughs>
0: um, where was I? Uh, Sorry. Hydrotherapy tub, sauna, massage, and therapy tables, tanning beds, and exercise equipment. The next major project was to restore the hotel skyline, which had been destroyed by the nineteen sixty seven fire. Wow. Costing well over a million dollars, the 3,500 square foot penthouse, original center observation tower, and the 200 pound, 24 foot tall crescent moon weather vane were restored.
1: Does it tell you how many lunar cycles you've been on the... I
0: don't think so. Oh,
1: okay, mind.
0: In the meantime, restorations of the guest rooms, lounges, electrical and plumbing, and landscaping were also going on. On September 6th... Two thousand two, the Rennicks' bold announcement became a reality. After oh. $5 million in renovations, the Grand Hotel had been fully restored to its original stately glory.
1: That is so cool. Huh.
0: And the, the Rennicks actually have been continuing on restoring other properties around the area the, and also in the country. Oh, really? They've, they've been well-regarded.
2: And who are these people again? You're right,
1: you <laughs> He came back! <laughs> I didn't think they just wore the big circle. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he brought his motorcycle, I guess. Okay. Uh, what was your question, Mommy? <laughs> I
2: don't remember now. Okay. What person can't do to create a thought around you, too? <laughs> That's why we
1: would write everything down that we're saying. Otherwise, this podcast would be a total disaster.
2: <laughs> <stupid. laughs>
1: Pardon me, I'm still
0: suffering from this illness, and it's not coronavirus.
2: You're not uh, you know because you've had it for though. four years. Yeah, <laughs> before Archie... the coronavirus was even a thing.
1: <laughs> we're now on episode 1,000, and
2: Archie's still She's sick. Still sick. Despite a course of
1: antibiotics. All right, Arsh, that was great. What else you got? That's it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Where were you, what were your sources? Oh,
0: I said at the beginning.
1: Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Legends. Okay. I, I hang on your every word, I swear.
0: Legendsofamerica.com
1: Oh, I got a lot of stuff from there, too. It's a good, good resource. It is a good resource. It really is. Um, okay, cool. Well, I got mine from crescent-hotel.com. Our favorite, Atlas Obscura. Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, TopTens.net and AmericasMostHauntedHotel.com, which is the hotel's official website. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought um, was pretty cool because...
0: They got on that early. (laughs) Early,
1: right? (laughs) So now um, I'm going to start my part with um, an interview that I watched on YouTube with uh, Bill Ott. He is the director of marketing and communication um, for the hotel. And he said that they truly believe that they are America's most haunted hotel. So much so that the name, that that is the name of the hotel's official website. Mm-hmm. As I said, he does say that, <laughs> he does say that first and foremost, they are a mountaintop spa resort. Their business is primarily, and this goes in, in order of their business, weddings, Because it's a gorgeous... It's a really beautiful...
0: Gorgeous area.
1: Gorgeous area, gorgeous hotel. It's on the top of the Ozarks, and you can see all around... I mean, it's beautiful. Views for miles. Mm Mm-hmm. So weddings, um, romance travel, then family travel, then group travel, and then meetings and conventions. And he said, oh, and by the way, we also have ghosts. (laughs) So they're not selling themselves as... America's most haunted hotel,
0: but... But, I mean, they paid for the website, so... Sure.
1: <laughs> right. So let's, we're going to throw that in at the end. Um, they are also a member of Historic Hotels of America. Mr. Ott said that several paranormal investigators have said that ghosts are nothing more than people who have died that may or may not know they're, they're, they're dead yet. Um, and they usually tend to come back to places where they either have unfinished business or they really enjoy themselves. He said that the hotel does like to think that since 1886 they've made a lot of people happy and they've all come back to extend their stay. Oh my God. That's a positive (laughs)
0: spin. Wow. It's
1: absolutely, it is.
0: He's Um, making that paycheck.
1: For sure. He totally deserves that director of marketing and communication title. Uh, So I thought that was really cute. Um, Now the hotel has been featured on nearly 10 nationally syndicated paranormal television shows in as many years and is regularly listed at or near the top of all haunted hotel lists found online. USA Today has featured their hotel in full-page articles twice, and NBC's Today show has mentioned their property on numerous Halloween versions of their morning broadcast. Um, They do say that, however, given all of that, the best national exposure of their, quote, guests who check out but never leave was when Sci-Fi's highly popular Ghost Hunters program visited the hotel. And I will get some more on that in just a bit, but I did see that episode. I've seen every single episode. Of, of Ghost course, Of course. <laughs> um, their new shows, Ghost Nation and the new version of Ghost Hunters. Also love that as well. I've seen all those episodes too. <laughs> um, but I do remember this episode of Ghost Hunters. So I'm going to talk about that more in a bit because it is wild. <laughs> it's one of the episodes I remember most about the original show Um, so now many hotel owners might have hesitated to publicize the fact that their establishment was haunted but the Rennicks (laughs) were interested and decided to take a different approach I also do want to mention here briefly that in my research I did find out that in 2009 Marty Rennick died in a car accident. It's tragic, tragically. Yeah. Um, so what they did, the path that they took to restore the hotel as a destination spa resort, but also pursue what many had claimed, that the 1886 Crescent Hotel was America's most haunted hotel. So they wanted to kind of combine the mountaintop spa.
0: Integrate the history. and
1: it, But at the same time, it's haunted. Like, mm-hmm. let's do some stuff with that. So what they did was a key part of that early pursuit they had included Mr. Rennick pursuing and hiring two certified mediums by the names of Ken Fugate and Carol Heath. And those are both men. Um, Both of San Francisco, they were both San Francisco, California natives, and he employed them to, quote, read the building. So these two guys came in, and their findings... Plus, the startling number of repeated sightings that had been recorded over the decades prior to the Rennick's purchasing the property became the basis of what has now become the nightly Crescent Hotel ghost tour. And they actually have, like the Stanley Hotel does, a person on staff solely dedicated to the ghost tours. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's the guy that we, Mom, you and I saw um, on the yeah. show last night on YouTube. Yeah, I thought she was a little over the top, but... No, 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 no. That, she was just one of the tour guides. The actual guy that they interviewed, he's the director of the ghost tours. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but she was just one of the tour guides, mm. which they're probably supposed to be over the top. But she, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> she was theatrical, let's call it theatrical. that. Yeah. Theatrical. Yeah, theatrical. Huh. Um, and I don't even know, she might not even still be working there, but I don't know how old that video was. Anyway. So, it is only now, however, that one of the most compelling discoveries from that initial reading that they did has become ever so clear. And it's kind of fucking insane what they found. What they found and then what has become evident over the years to back up what these psychic mediums said about the police. So, paranormal evidence in the form of personal experiences Orb sightings and other anomalous photography keeps coming in, oftentimes on the tours themselves, lending credence to this ghostly legend. Let's talk about... We're going to start this part. We're talking about the portal.
0: The portal.
1: Yes. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ken Fugate and Carol Heath, the um, psychic mediums that were hired to read the building when they first purchased it, um... They were the ones that alluded to a possible portal being on the property. So Jack Moyer, who's a hotel general manager... Um... Okay, moving on. All right, let's start over. Oh,
2: no, you're yeah, going to start, start over. over. In the beginning.
0: Archie, <laughs> All right. go tell on <laughs> the crest of the West Mountain.
1: <laughs> I quit! Uh, which we could totally do because I've only got 14 pages of ghost shit. But if Archie, if it makes you feel better, I'm on page...
2: Two. Two. Oh fuck. Uh, okay. The Oscars start at four, you know. Oh shit! What time is it? Twelve. Oh my god. Okay.
1: Steve. Steve. <laughs> Jack Moyer, hotel general manager for the Rendezvous, kind of thing.
2: Then when you edit it, you can slow it down.
1: I I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <coughs> so now this portal. Jack Moyer, the hotel general manager, recounted, quote, I clearly remember Carol Heath stating that he had discovered a portal to the other side for those who are on the same frequency. Moyer, who was a skeptic at the time, laughed and said, I remember asking myself, what were we thinking trying to explore this unexplained world? But he does admit that after more than a decade of working around the paranormal, he now assuredly recognizes how many people truly connect to the spirits there at the Crescent Hotel, and there is a new and specific reason why. It started with dialogue involving Moyer and the, cur- the hotel's current ghost tour manager, Keith Scales, who was the gentleman mom that we...
2: Oh, that we saw on the video.
1: Yeah. So I guess Keith came to Moyer to share a concern about a phenomenon that had been recurring on his nightly ghost tours. He said that the phenomenon included multiple guests who had grown faint, with a few passing out briefly at the same tour stop, with no reasonable explanation. Huh. Yeah. was
2: well, stupid. They didn't mention that on the video.
1: Oh well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then, the ghost tour manager, Mr. Scales, described the location, and it was the area that had been identified as a portal more than a de- more than a decade ago by Heath. One of the psychic mediums. Mm-hmm. This is gross. This is gross.
2: La, 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 la,
1: la, la, la. <laughs> he then took me to the place and pinpointed the, the portal phenomenon as happening just outside the hotel's annex entrance. Remember, um, the Stanley Hotel has I, one of those places, the, the big double or the, the big staircase that branches off is mm-hmm. what they considered an annex. So this place has a similar one. So he took him to um, where the phenomenon was happening just outside the hotel's annex entrance, exactly where Heath, the psychic medium, had identified the location of this portal years ago. It just so happens the phenomenon has guests suddenly turning pale, falling against, and then sliding down the wall while fainting, Although the loss of consciousness does not last very long and complete recovery is immediate, it tends to further substantiate the hotel's legendary connection to the supernatural. (sighs) This is the gross part. What made that moment most chilling was when Keith and I realized that this portal was directly above the morgue. Located in the bottom level of the hotel. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this video that I saw from with Bill Ott talking, the director of marketing and communication, he said most hotels don't have a morgue. None I ever worked (laughs) in. None I've ever worked in did. But you know, the um, hotel in Jerome also was a hospital.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose any of them that started out as hospitals. I'm sure. Had morgues. Yeah. Had so more. I
1: think I need to get out of mortgage and go back into hotels and work in one of these creepy ass hotels because, oh my God. <laughs> Archie, describe the look on my mother's face.
0: Disbelief, horror, and disgust.
1: <laughs>
0: my mother.
2: On the nose, Archie. On the nose. <laughs> yeah.
1: You didn't go wrong raising, anywhere raising me, Mom, I'm just... I know
2: I didn't. Well, wow, oh, okay. Yeah. Not my, my, me. Not, not, not my <laughs> me. This all comes from your father. Goddamn
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. So, both Moyer and Scales agree that the most curious fact is that this event has never been known to occur anywhere else on the tour, except at this one specific location, a location that sit, sits directly above the infamous morgue. rad got sick away. <laughs> um, where there are portals to other realities here at the 1886 Crescent Hotel or not, no one can say, confirm or deny Moyer concluded. It's all a part of the mysterious, unexplained happenings of America's most haunted hotel.
2: That is kind of strange.
1: That is kind of strange. So, let's talk a little bit about Bill Ott's experiences. He has worked for the hotel since 1997, and in that time, he's only had two paranormal experiences. Oh, wow. Interesting, yeah. He describes himself as a skeptic and always tries to look for the explanation behind the phenomena. Phenomena. <laughs> Sorry, I did say it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> My mom is like, I can't even deal. Oh, <laughs> could you get her more wine? She's clearly... No, I'm
2: fine. Okay, okay.
1: Um, however, like I said, he has had two experiences that he simply can't explain. He had been taking members once um, of the show Deal or No Deal around the hotel. Random, I know. But it, it, I, a person that was on their show won, or she almost won, and she was actually living at the hotel at the time. And, and something happened where the show ended up, they were going to buy her a home, or they were going to furnish this home that she was going to buy because she didn't have any money. So they were there in the Ozarks, they were there in Eureka Springs, staying at the hotel, hmm. because that's where the woman was living at the time. Okay. So it wasn't like they filmed Deal or No Deal there, it just happened to be one of their contestants was living at the hotel at the time. Oh, okay. Does that make a little more sense? Well, I've never understood people living in hotels, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack
2: yeah, Bishop. Jack Bishop. Yep. Yeah.
1: Archie's like, Jack Bishop. <laughs> <I'm> like,
2: oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, wow, that Good <laughs> That just makes it all so clear. Jack Bishop, Archie, Jesus.
1: <laughs> from human resources no um, he was a really wonderful older gentleman that lived at the Ramada Valley Ho when my mom worked there oh. and he lived there for oh, oh years he lived there the whole time
2: I worked there which was ten years no six, six years. years six years and six years so yeah people do huh? he had been there for several years before I started there oh um, yeah he so thought he owned the place it's a thing okay okay
1: So anyway, um, he had been taking these members of the show Deal or No Deal around the hotel about 10.30 p.m., and they got to the Crystal Ballroom. The Crystal Room? Dining room? I think it's Ballroom. Or it used to be. Anyway. He, Mr. Ott, had been telling them how it's common to see people dressed, what, Mom? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, here she goes, Arch. This is the way it starts. This is who it is. This is how it goes. Buckle up. Buckle up.
2: No, I don't. I don't. Okay.
1: I gotta leave it in. Her giggle is yeah. just the best in the world.
3: Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, don't look at her. No, nobody look at, nobody her. look at anybody. Nobody look at anybody. <laughs> look at anybody. <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> Jesus. I can't help it.
2: I have the giggles.
1: Breathe. So he'd been telling them how it's common to see people dressed in Victorian clothing in that room. And I guess immediately after that, they all heard what he described as a 25 to 30 seconds of what sounded like a laugh track. Just a big old bunch of people just laughing away at his story. Okay. That's funny. points at mom. (laughs) So they looked in the kitchen, they looked in the lobby, they had a look outside the hotel. And Mr. Ott checked, and nobody was even booked in the hotel rooms above them. There was nobody <laughs> around this location, um, let alone that many people to have sounded like a huge group just yucking it up. Oh, wow. Crazy, that's, right? Would, that's bizarre. That's unnerving. So he says the next incident was a few years later when the TV show My Ghost Story was there to do an episode on the hotel. Have you ever heard of that I don't even know why I ask you these questions anymore. <laughs> I have heard of the show. Oh, hey! Okay, I do it because I like to be pleasantly surprised like this. Okay. So that show is there. my ghost story, filming at the hotel. Okay. Mr. Ott had been taking them on a tour of the morgue, which you can do,
2: which we will do. Uh, knock yourselves out. Yeah, thanks.
1: Um, and one of the cameramen asked if they could go back in there and shoot some more video because he thought he saw something. So they go back in... And the crew member says, they're down in the morgue, and the crew member says, Okay, I know there is a spirit here. We're not here to harass or bother you. But if you would be so kind as to give us a sign you're here after I pound on this wooden door. So the guy pounds on the door three times. And almost as soon as he hit the door for the third time, there was this piece of steel that Bill Ott described as being about six to six and a half feet long. Solid piece of steel, about three quarters of an inch thick. Quite heavy. And he's never seen it move the whole time that he's been there because the part of the um, morgue that it was in used to also be a maintenance shed. So it's this big, weird piece of steel just hanging there for whatever reason. But as soon as the guy pounded on the door, this heavy piece of metal started swinging around in a 12-inch arc. Wow. Yes. And he said what is interesting about this is that typically you expect gravity to slow it down, kind of like... You know, a swing set or whatever. Mm -hmm. This thing swung for almost an hour while they Uh, were down there. Yeah. Crazy, right? Uh Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So um, we're going to take a real quick break. Please listen to this brief uh, mid-roll is what they're called. Look at me learning podcast terminology. Look at you. Look at me. Who are you all of a sudden? I don't
2: even know. You've been talking to Skip again, haven't you? I have. That boy's
1: got the goods. Um, uh, For our network that we're very proud to be a part of, Pod All the Time Podcast Network, we will be right back.
0: History of a Haunting is proud to be a member of the Pod All the Time Podcast Network.
1: Pod All the Time Podcast Network is a community of independent podcasts, just like ours, dedicated to supporting and promoting podcasts.
0: Pod All The Time has really great podcasts in its network, such as A Fresh Look, Another Digital Citizen, Round and Round The Podcast, Raw Sex, Ruck Up.
1: As well as The Creative Intuitive, Real A.K.A. Truth, Random Unnamed Podcast, Three P's Up In A Podcast, Suburban Folk, and I Think We're Doing It. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. They're letting me know how super easy it is to edit out every tiny little cricket sound in this room. <laughs> and here she goes. <laughs> of all the episodes for her to like, do this, it's one when I have 14 pages of shit to get through. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. <sighs>
1: looking at you like make her stop I was, I was breathing because was... you want to laugh alright let me talk to you about Michael Michael is the stonemason that you were talking about in your portion Archie who fell to his death during the construction of the hotel mm. one of the Irish stonemasons
2: <laughs> one of the Irish stonemasons
1: Oh, my God. I <clears throat> have to go to Target after this. <laughs> well, they we close at 10, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the Oscars <laughs> seven,
1: okay. are at four. We're going to be auditioning for our co-hosts that don't pack up a lot every episode. You must pass a physical before, right? We're going to need doctor's clearance. Please send applications to HOAHpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> And to punctuate it, Archie goes... (laughs) God. Uh, Okay. Um, Break? Could somebody tell Coy to be quiet? It's gonna have to be. Coy be
2: quiet! (laughs) Coy James! Headphones. Literally he can't
1: hear the dogs bark, so he's not gonna hear you. Do I have something I can throw at his door? Did
2: you just text him? He hasn't... His... He charges his phone, but he never uses <laughs> it. He never
1: uses it. I'm so glad he's got one. <laughs> <coughs> Didn't he come out and say, please let me know when you're done recording so I can get on with my friends? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, something obviously came up and he had to get on with his friends. Also, that was like, you know... Two hours ago.
0: Oh,
3: you can
0: hear it ringing. Archie, you're right. I almost achieved nirvana.
2: (laughs) On my couch?
0: My spirit is trying to leave
2: my body. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame it. I don't blame it. Okay. Here you go, baby boy. (laughs) Maybe we should add a bingo square whenever my mom, like, (laughs) messes with Dater.
1: He's the cutest puppy ever. And
2: the sweetest boy ever. Yes, he is.
1: That is super annoying when people do that with their dogs. Like, I didn't just do it with Chewie a second ago. (laughs) (laughs) Or Leia right now. Okay. So, Michael, he is one of the most famous ghosts. In the hotel, he actually has his own room. He was one of the stonemasons that you were talking about in your portion, Archie, that fell to his death during the construction of the hotel. Yes. Which, tiny sidebar, the hotel is made of limestone. Is that what you said, or is that is that what you read, or did I read that, or did I just make it up?
0: I'm thinking you made it up.
1: I think you made it up. I don't think I made it up. I think that the, it's made of partially made of limestone anyway, which...
0: All, all I had was 18-inch walls.
1: Okay, so that could have been feathers or... Exactly. Concrete yeah. or, Okay. Okay. Um, I think, let's... I, I'm gonna say it's limestone, because it goes into what I'm about to say, which is, vis-a-vis, the following. <laughs> this leads back to the stone tape yeah, theory ready. that we talked about, I believe, in Trans-Allegheny where there are certain types of stone that are good conductors of paranormal energy.
3: hmm
1: Yes. So, this hotel is what History of a Haunting is going to call Made of Limestone. Okay. I can say that because I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway. Most likely. Cool. Okay. So, Michael. Now, again, Irish stonemason fell to his death and landed in what is now room 218. Oh. Mm, yes. So... um, Again, it is said after the skeleton frame of the hotel had been constructed in the 1880s, he did um, plunge his death in what is now room 218. This room proves to be the most spiritually active room in the hotel and has actually attracted television film crews for decades because of the quantity and quality of ghost sightings in the room. Now, throughout the history of the Victorian hotel, employees have referred to this entity as Michael, a classified poltergeist due to the nature of the unexplained activity and in the Enfield poltergeist episode we did talk a little bit about the different the difference between haunting's ghosts and poltergeists mm-hmm. um let's see so guests have this is terrifying guests have witnessed hands coming out of the bathroom mirror in this room oh yes, cries of a falling man in the ceiling makes sense yeah uh, yeah makes but, sense To hear it above you? But creepy, I mean... In the middle of the night? Yeah. Um, Ew. And then also the door um, opening and then slamming shut and then being unable to be opened again. Oh, Mm jeez. The entry door? Yes. Oh, good lord. Right? (laughs) I had posted that Facebook post about how I locked the bathroom door and then when I went to leave the bathroom it was stuck and I was like, for a second, I was like, crap, I'm stuck in the bathroom in my own home and I was scared. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but this actually happens in this hotel. Like, the door locks, and or the door shuts, and you can't open it. That, You're just a, a wonder woman. <laughs> I, I'm a wonder, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> so, apparently,
1: Michael is evidently a mischievous spirit who likes to play tricks with the lights, the doors, dick, don't do that to me, <laughs> um, the television, as well as often being heard pounding loudly, on the walls. Still, other guests have been shaken during the night, and on one occasion, yeah. a dog barked and pissed the guests <laughs> off, and so they checked the fuck out. Just kidding. That was my dog. I'm about to check the fuck out. <laughs> um, guests have been shaken during the night, and on one occasion, a patron ran screaming from the room, professing to have seen blood splattered all over its walls.
2: I don't believe that.
1: I I hope that's not true because that's just not necessary.
2: No, that's taking it a step too far.
1: Way too far. Um, Apparently, Michael uh, was a ladies' man back in the day when he was alive, and he does prefer harassing women guests by grabbing their behinds or getting atop them when they sleep.
2: Oh, that's creepy. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Uh Uh-uh. So This is why we don't travel without our dogs. It is a it is a dog friendly hotel. Okay. Yeah,
1: good to know. Okay, so now let's talk about the guy we are all fucking curious about, Norman G. Baker, the air quote cancer curable doctor. Mm. So in nineteen thirty seven, as Archie mentioned, The Crescent was purchased by Norman Baker, who turned it into a hospital and health resort and painted everything lavender and purple, because he believed that people who are sick would heal better in a brightly colored environment. Okay. All right. I'm with him so far. Um, However, this is where he and I part ways. Uh, There, Baker, who, again, as you mentioned, Archie, had no medical training and had been run out of his home state of Iowa, (laughs) sold cures for cancer and other ailments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk a little bit about how he kind of pulled the wool over everybody's eyes. He would only accept patients with little to no close family, and upon acceptance to his sanitarium, he would have them sign undated letters declaring themselves much improved and well. One treatment consisted of drilling holes in patients' skulls and injecting a cocktail of spring water, corn silk, carbolic acid, and ground-up watermelon seeds. What? hmm Okay. hmm He frequently practiced surgery in the basements, um, this little uh, cocktail with the spring water and corn silk and watermelon seeds he, was a recipe that he stole from another con man. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it did nothing.
2: Right. Obviously. He is what your grandfather would have called a shyster. A shyster, yes.
1: Most of the folks and all the videos that I saw, um, the staff of the hotel and, and things like that, they call, call him a charlatan. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how he's known. Um, One wing of the building was sealed off and named the psychiatric ward. There, the patients who were crying out in pain would be sequestered away from prying eyes. Once the poor patients finally succumbed to either their illnesses or Baker's treatments, he had them spirited spirited away under cover of night. Meanwhile, he would send the previously signed letters to whatever family the patient had. Mm -hmm. After a while, he would then send the family a sadly worded notice that their relative had in fact passed away and requesting a sum of money to take care of the arrangements. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Uh huh. Of course, he then pocketed the money that they sent them. Because he had already. He had already. He would do autopsies on the bodies, Um, and then he would um, get rid of them. I don't know if he, like, had a buddy, you know, crematorium Chris, that he would send the bodies to or whatever to get rid of the bodies. Wow. <laughs> but,
2: yeah. God, there's a lot of sick people in the world. And one is Go pulling on. up right now. And there went two of them down the street just now. <laughs> you should edit that out because that might offend... I don't care who it affects. We're leaving that shit in. This neighborhood
1: is ridiculous. We just moved. (laughs) Anyway, we we don't. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, so where was I? Oh, yes, he would then um, pocket the money because he's dick. So once he was arrested and convicted of fraud in 1939, as Archie mentioned, he had swindled $4 million from his patients, which, like I said at the time, equals $73.5 7, million today, which is a fuck ton of That's money. That's a lot of money. Here's what's
2: interesting about that. Bill Gates wouldn't say no to that. I, I really feel like Bill Gates wouldn't do that. Well, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> God. God. He was the only billionaire that popped in my head.
1: Oh, okay. Um, there's also Mark Zuckerberg and Kylie Jenner.
2: And Mike Bloomberg. And yeah, okay, we could all those ahead people ahead. that. Are all those
1: people that we don't know and
2: aren't <laughs> benefiting from. And are likely to ever know. Never know.
1: Um, here's what's interesting about that, and I don't, maybe you guys have some sort of idea, but, Archie, didn't you say he had to pay a $4,000 fine and he went to Leavenworth for four years? I knew mm-hmm. about the Leavenworth part. And he was, um convicted of mail fraud for selling his elixir for like Mm
3: $500,000.
1: My question is, you said that after he got out, he sailed off on his yacht where he lived the rest of his life in, I don't fucking know, Belize or wherever it was. Florida. Sure. Right, it's it's very close. (laughs) I'm also bad at geography. Um, (laughs) But why did he get to keep this fucking money?
0: That I couldn't find. I couldn't find anything about that.
1: Yeah. I couldn't find anything about that, either.
2: Because (laughs) Leavenworth... Leavenworth is a federal penitentiary.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't know, like...
2: So, I would
1: think that the federal government would have gotten... I don't understand why he was able to keep this fucking money. Unless, the way he, I don't know, unless the way he hid it away or whatever, they couldn't couldn't get it? Ah. I don't know. Was he had it? A... I mean, he wasn't convicted of murdering any of these patients just by being a charlatan and like basically defrauding them, like mm-hmm. you said, by being a crook. Right. But I still think because of that, how did he get to keep all this fucking money? So anyway, that was just my little sidebar of like I don't understand how the fuck. Right. Yeah. That
2: is an interesting question.
1: Thank you. Sometimes I have some. Yeah. Sometimes I have an interesting question or two. <laughs> so anyway, as a result from this air quote hospital, the lingering spirit of a nurse, dressed all in white, is often seen and heard pushing a gurney on the third floor. Only spotted after 11 p.m., the time which, interestingly, was the time that they used to move the deceased out of the cancer hospital away from the rest of the patients. Oh, yeah. The ghostly spirit then vanishes when she reaches the end of the hallway. Others who have not seen the apparition have reported the sounds of squeaks and rattles that sound like a gurney rolling down the hallway. However, that being said, I did see, I did watch the Ghost Adventures episode of this hotel. It just aired last year, and they actually heard the gurney too, but they were, we were able to... Debunk what they heard as the pipes that are along running along the hallway of that floor. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah,
1: so I don't know if that was just that one isolated incident, uh, or if you know they just whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. also located on the third floor is the laundry area. Looking at you, mom. My mom was the director of housekeeping for hotels for a lot of years. So, on the third floor is the laundry area, where a hotel maintenance man once witnessed all of the washers and dryers inexplicably turning on by themselves in the middle of the night.
2: Okay, that never happened anywhere that I worked. I can say that right now.
1: Okay, but if it had, wouldn't you be freaked the fuck out? Well,
2: I was there in the middle of the night. (laughs) Yeah. I I was the director of housekeeping. I I didn't work overnight. (laughs) When I came in the next morning, I would have been... (coughs) Hard press for an answer. Anyway.
1: um, The apparition of the greedy Dr. Baker himself has also been seen in the old recreation room in the basement and and at the foot of the first floor stairway. This guy had a hard on for purple because he's seen dressed in a purple shirt and a white linen suit looking like some sort of weird 60s pimp, I guess.
2: Or <laughs> <In the laughs> 80s, I, you know.
1: Something. Um, <laughs> he often, he's often reported as looking somewhat confused uh, and the apparition appears identical to old photographs of the infamous, air quote, quack. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Which I, I think that's an apt description of this yes. douchebag.
1: Mm.
2: A quack, though, is generally mm-hmm. somebody who has actually has a medical degree but like, does it practice. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. They're usually called a quack. Not just some random person like Archie that wanders in and says, quack. hey, I'm a doctor. I'm like Dr. Archie Bays, you know. <laughs> oh my God. That's delusional. That's not a quack.
1: <laughs> this delusional quack, Archie Bays, <laughs> he's trying <laughs> to treat people. Yeah. Yeah. God. I hate those delusional quacks. You know what he needs? His own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is, um, like I said, he's seen in the hotel's recreation room in the basement. It is here where he coaxed patients to write home to request money. Uh, oh
3: God!
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if anybody's burning in hell, for
2: sure, it's that guy.
1: For sure. Now let's talk about Theodora. Now Theodora. Oh, yes, let's. Theodora was the woman that, that uh, the show we watched last night, they talked about her. So, this is one of my favorite um, parts of this whole entire story. So, Theodora was believed to be one of the unfortunate patients of Norman Baker's. The hotel's, <clears throat> the hotel's housekeeping staff sees this female ghost often. They describe her as a shy elderly woman, oddly dressed, who calls herself Theodora. <laughs> no. Well, then why would, why she calls herself Myrtle, but we, everybody else calls her Theodora. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a dumb note. I shouldn't have put that in there. Obviously, so she calls herself Theodora. Fuck. <laughs> she approaches these staff members and politely introduces herself and then vanishes right in front of them. She is also often seen um, looking for her keys to her room, which she has her own room. It is room 419. So. Oh,
2: that woman.
1: Yes. So, the founder of Paranormal Incorporated, his name is Rich Newman, um, he has been investigating the paranormal for more than 10 years, and he shared these experiences with hotel management. He says, I don't know if the television crew spoke to you after our night monitoring Theodora's room, room 419, but we had quite an exciting night. While monitoring our subjects sleeping in that room, which... Ew. ew. <laughs> Archie, we're going to be monitoring you while you sleep. Mm. Archie's like, the fuck you are. Good luck with that. <laughs> Several lamps turned themselves on and off. The first floor, it, first it was a floor lamp in the couch TV area. Then it was a nightstand lamp right beside the bed. Um, did this person wake up when all this light flicking was going on? It doesn't sound. I would. <laughs> you would. You're a very light sleeper. It's kind of annoying. Just kidding. <laughs> look at her face is like, what the fuck, Harry? Um, then it was the nightstand lamp right beside the bed. He goes on to say, while we were marveling over the bedside lamp switching off and on, only a paranormal investigator would be like, look at the light go off and on and off and on and off and on. <laughs> and <laughs> on would marvel over that. Yes. <laughs> and be totally fascinated. I'm going to say interesting.
0: <laughs> Fascinating.
1: Fascinating. The closet... <laughs> The closet door in the room opened all by itself. What's better, they caught all of this on camera, which is actually really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. So, one of um, another story that I found on the website TravelTales.net, and it's T A I L S. This um, writer, she goes around, she's a travel blogger, and she goes around visiting pet friendly hotels and resorts. Of course. <laughs> yeah.
3: Travel so,
1: tables. she travels, tra- right, traveltails.net. So, she travels with her dog, Henry. And this is their experience at the Crescent Hotel. You're in Theodora's room, the bellman said to her as they walked to her room. They walked down the hall. She said, that can't be good. Who's Theodora? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, are you going on the ghost tour tonight? To which she replied, yes. And he told her, you'll hear all about her. You're in the second most requested room, and the tour starts outside your door.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Jesus. Cool. (laughs) So then she writes in parentheses, and this is why I travel with my own bourbon. You never know when you'll be stuck in a haunted hotel with a closed bar.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right away, I was like, I love this guy. I like her. I like her. This is really cool. Her experiences, her and her dog, Henry, are wild. They're, they're, they're wonderful. Let me have a sip. And I'll get to them. Just a sec. <laughs> Got you okay. a lot of editing to do. <laughs> I do. I always do. But ask my mom. Like, when I'm editing, I'll just sit there and just laugh and be like,
2: oh, my God, they are so funny. <laughs> she does. She really does. I do. Mm-hmm. What are you laughing at? Oh, my God. Aren't <laughs> Ar- you, Ar- right. Ar-
1: you just said this thing? and Oh, <laughs> you are hysterical. Again, this is what she v- recounts. <clears throat> Apparently, Theodora is seen frequently seen, as I mentioned earlier, as an older woman fumbling for her keys outside room 419. She is also reputed to have an aversion to discord among her guests, and is known for organizing things in a messy room. <laughs> if you leave your belongings scattered, you may return with them neatly placed. In one story, uh, was a, a arguing couple. They unpacked their things, then they went downstairs to meet friends. When they returned, their suitcase their suitcases were repacked and sitting by the door. <laughs> They apparently took the hint and decided to stay elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. If that's not a clear, get the fuck out of here. I don't know what is. (laughs) So Henry, who, again, is the author's dog, and the author neither heard nor saw Theodora during their stay, but they do believe... Okay, they. The author does believe. I don't know
2: what Henry Henry believes. I
1: don't know what Henry believes. uh, She believes that, that Theodora or somebody might have paid them a visit because the first thing they did upon getting to their room, um, she unpacked Henry's things. She says, I placed his bed on the floor and laid his toys neatly, in all caps, on the corner. She brought a bully stick, a tennis ball, and a lamb chop, lamb chop stuffed animal. Aw, Tater has those. Um, and then they went downstairs to kind of check out the hotel and to the east lawn to explore. And they were gone about 45 minutes. When they got back to their room, the tennis ball was under the bed, and the lamb chop was about two feet from where she'd left it. <laughs> yeah. She does go on to say now it's an old hotel, the floors are slanted, and there is currently a lot of remodeling and construction going on. The vibration created by such clamoring could certainly cause a tennis ball to roll ac- across the floor, which, of course, she said, but there is no way a stuffed toy could move that distance on its own. Was it Morris? uh no i don't think so no was it what morris the ghost cat the cat oh. i'll get back to morris <laughs> oh she does say it was just not possible she's like i love this fucking author like i need to follow her blog because i love her she goes so i did what any southern girl would do first i made myself a bourbon and water
2: <laughs> <laughs> good girl
1: good girl then i closed the bathroom and closet doors Lastly, I politely introduced myself and Henry to Ms. Theodora, and I asked her to please not rearrange my things or let anyone else bother us after finishing her drink. They then went to dinner, which by the way, they do have pet-friendly bars and restaurants in the hotel. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Coy, he's on a kick. He wants us to rent an RV and take a road trip. (laughs) And he wants to do it so bad that he even, like, I don't know if it was a joke or what, so that he would get his driver's license to help drive. What? He really wants to do this. Wow.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Where does he want to go? He,
1: anywhere. On. He just wants to t- get an RV and go on a fucking road trip. Which quite honestly does sound amazing. Because I was like, I would have to be the one to freaking drive. And I don't want to
2: do that. Yeah, I'm not that. driving a road, uh, RV.
1: Oh, no. No, 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 no.
2: Anyway.
1: We'll talk okay, about that later. I because do... if Archie comes, he can drive too. What? <laughs> yeah, okay, good idea. Great. All right,
2: let's go. Let's go. Get, on, get Start researching. <laughs> okay, no, cool. No, Google no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> we could go up the coast of California.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That would be amazing. That's beautiful. That would probably be pretty expensive, though, and I kind of want to go here. You kind of want to go where? To Arkansas, to this hotel. Oh. See? See? <laughs> Archie's like, I told you. I'll I sit down. Anyway. Sorry, sidebar Nation. Welcome to our travel planning meeting of the podcast. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) um, after finishing her drink, she and the dog then met their friends and went to dinner. Um, Now, she does go on to say that when she booked her reservation, she was told that dogs were not allowed on the ghost tour. However, when she checked in and she inquired again to confirm... She was told by the front desk that it would be up to her tour guide. So, as it turned out, there were only three other people on her ghost tour that night, and the Duchess Deborah, the tour guide, thought it would be actually really interesting to have Henry with them, as he might see things that nobody else would. Hmm. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, The author writes that (laughs) I had hoped he would keep the ghosts at bay, but as it turns out, the Duchess was right. And boy was she! Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Um, she writes that it wasn't until we reached the third floor that Henry seemed to see something that we did not. As the Duchess <gasps> told, uh, as Chewy and apparently, and in other countries, <laughs> heard from Chewy apparently, and, apparently and. So she goes on to write, "It wasn't until we reached the third floor that Henry seemed to see something that we did not." As the Duchess told tales, I noticed Henry becoming increasingly restless. He hadn't started barking, so I knew it wasn't potty duties. I watched him more closely and noticed his focus kept gravitating in one direction. Our guide told me to take a picture, so I knelt next to Henry and focused my camera in the direction he seemed to be staring at and snapped several photos. In each of them, four orbs are clearly visible. The orbs never moved, and I can only assume that whatever he was watching was watching him. And here is the picture she took. Oh, wow. Where's Henry? She's like, standing, like, next to oh.
0: Like, back left. So those are the orders. Yeah. Wow. And they never moved. And they never
1: moved. Isn't that wild? Hmm. I don't know. That'd be creepy. And then she didn't seem to see them, like, with her eye as she was taking the photograph. She just noticed them in the pictures. hmm I don't know if I would want my ghost to see, my or my or not my ghost, I don't know if I would want my dog to see a ghost, although I want to see one.
2: Well, and you're willing to put your dogs up for, I don't
1: know, I wonder if we can bring the dogs up for the Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, she does say that they did return to their room where thankfully nothing was amiss. The other guests took a few photos, and then they all went back downstairs and outside to the East Lawn to see... No, oh, they drank themselves. <laughs> right, they yeah. drink themselves silly. And then started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they went outside to the East Lawn to see if they could see the mist descend from the third floor balcony. Apparently, when that occurs, it's usually around 10.30 p.m., and often a woman can be seen falling to her death within the mist. That's the girl who got herself pregnant. Yeah, she got herself <laughs> pregnant. Which, if she had just known, she probably, you know... It's rumored that they don't know if she was pushed, or she fell, or she jumped. Anyway, during their... Um, <laughs> uh, the end of the tour, they actually didn't see this mist, and they were actually all quite relieved. So... Let's talk a little bit about the crystal room or the crystal ballroom. Here, other Victorian-dressed apparitions have often been encountered. Many have seen groups of 1890s dancers in full-dress attire whirling around the room in the wee hours of the morning. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, This is apparently the room where, um, because most of their business is is weddings, so this is the room where the wedding receptions are
2: held. Oh, no. it's a I, good omen for old man. It is.
1: So I want to get married in a little brown church in the Wildwood in Iowa, and then I want to have everybody go down to Eureka Springs, oh Arkansas, for the wedding reception here at the present hotel. Because <laughs> I have so many rich friends that can afford to do this kind of bullshit. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> other reports tell of a 19th century gentleman who has been seen sitting at a table near the windows. When approached, he says... Quote, I saw the most beautiful woman here last night, and I am waiting for her to return. Aww.
3: Hmm.
1: I know, right? He's yeah.
0: <laughs> waiting a really long time. I don't
1: know. She must have been stunning, like me. <laughs> you know how many ghosts are going to be waiting around for me to come back? <laughs> wow, that's my mother cackling, folks. Jesus. And I was gonna say, you never know. See, Archie's supportive my mother <laughs> right She's so
2: fucking laughing! Uh, I'm laughing about the Archie being supportive. <laughs> wow.
1: She's fucking us both up on this episode. Wow. Yeah. Right, why do we keep
2: having her back?
1: I know. Jesus. I still have to go to Target. <laughs> that like three times. It's closed like four hours ago. It's taken that long to record this fucking episode. Okay. So one time apparently when the dining room was closed up the Christmas tree and the presents underneath it inexplicably moved from one end of the dining room to the other and the chairs moved around to face the newly moved tree and gifts. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. was that overnight houseman?
1: (laughs) Or that that one ghost that
0: neatly rearranges Theodora yeah. Theodora didn't I don't like, like the way this. you've set this up I don't like, like this at all The feng, feng shui is t- fucked <laughs> so let's fix
1: this <laughs> um, One morning employees found menus placed all around the dining room when no one had been there how do, Yes how you, how you That's you helpful
0: help? How do you build those hours? R- right
1: <laughs> <laughs> You should ask Marissa our friend Marissa she's an HR How do you do that? <laughs> Free labor Freely. Is that legal? Even if they're dead? No. I don't know if that's legal. Uh, mental note. Yeah. Ask Maritza. And then it goes <laughs> to the fraud department. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the place I want to go to the most.
2: The and mo- that would be? The Morgue. The Morgue. Oh, good God. Of course. <laughs> you act surprised. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So,
1: artifacts from Baker's operation are on display in the morgue. Are you kidding me? Yes. Artifacts? Like what? Like complete body parts? Let me get there. Foreshadowing. Oh, no. (gasps) Don't have a heart attack, please. Um, Complete with the original autopsy table he used. Even though, again, reminder, he was not a fucking real doctor. (laughs) He was a butcher
2: from South Philadelphia. (laughs) Iowa.
1: (laughs) So, complete with the original autopsy table and the walk-in cooler where Baker stored cadavers and body parts are open to public viewing as part of the hotel's nightly ghost tour. Jesus. Yes. So, wow. creepiest of all here are the jars containing substances that, again, considering Baker was, as my mom hopefully informed us, not a genuine quack, but just a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be what they're actually labeled. (coughs) Now, I don't know if you came across this, Archie, in your research of the place, but recently, and I mean in the last two to four years recently, a large cache of additional jars were discovered buried on the property. I did not read about that. Really? Large jars of cash. (laughs) <laughs> no. a large cache of jar oh. cachet I, should I put, Darn. The, should, I put the, <laughs> should I put the accent on yeah, either,
0: either way we're too late
2: <laughs> <laughs> way too fucking
1: late <laughs> oh, that's funny I gotta put that in the show notes <laughs>
2: That's cachet. Cachet, okay. okay.
1: <laughs> Not cash. Well, I uh, the then I've pronounced it cash. <laughs> and the news reporter guy of the news thing I watched said cash. And I almost spit one on Chewy. <laughs> oh geez. my god. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> anyway. Recently a large cachet <laughs> of additional jars was discovered buried on the property. This is fucking Some four to five hundred jars were found in total after the landscaping crew stumbled upon a couple of them. They then called in, they notified, you know, the hotel. They then called in an archaeological team that discovered all of the jars, along with film that was buried there, too. The words on one—the film was pretty disintegrated, and they weren't able to get all of it back. Right. But the words on one frame could be deciphered through the decay that read "before Baker treatments."
0: Oh, so more propaganda.
1: Mm, yes, probably. Yes. That's mm-hmm. genius. Are you Norman Baker reincarnated? Maybe, but no. <laughs> you have shifty eyes just kidding they're beautiful eyes they just um, shift a lot they just shift a lot they're beautiful eyes Archie Archie to see an ophthalmologist um, <laughs> he's got a medical condition
3: <laughs>
1: oh my god Archie <coughs> it's been four fucking years <coughs> you're know. on like you're with not- for the coughing already I'd love to <laughs> You're on your 90th fucking round of antibiotics, by oh God. You're fucking drinking Activia like it's water.
2: <laughs> oh, sweet so You geez. don't have coronavirus, do you?
0: Well, we'll find out till you get tested. I know. I got this before that came
2: across. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah, we got sick so December 31st. Archie. Oh. I thought it was before Christmas. Uh, no. It just, feels like, yeah, it, it just just feels uh, like it's gone
0: for fucking forever.
1: feels like Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, yeah. We got sick on December 31st. And um, if anybody's curious, today is February 9th. And Archie's still hacking up with motherfucking lung. Oh, God. If that sounds slightly irritated, it's just because it's hard to edit those coughs out of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm very sympathetic.
0: I'm, I'm very sorry, everyone.
1: So... I have a lot of fucking questions about these weird jars. Some have liquid, just liquid. Some have liquid with body parts in them. What kind of liquid? I'll get there. She said body parts. Yeah, that. She, <laughs> I said body parts, and she's worried about what liquid it was. Well, yeah. It was white Zinfandel. <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> Who would ruin wine in such a disgusting way? <laughs> I actually don't think they had white like Zipadella in the 18... Probably. Or 1930s? Oh, yeah. 40s. We're, in the, we're in the 30s before right. Okay. Um, anyway, so some mm-hmm. had liquid, some had liquid with body parts in them, still others had what looked like excise tumors in them. So these jars and their contents were taken to the Arkansas Department of Environmental Quality, who did tests on the fluid, and, sorry, Mom, it was determined to be mostly alcohol. Probably not white butter. <laughs> 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 Thank God. Probably not moscato, but probably yeah, uh, rubbing alcohol. I'm not really sure. Probably rubbing alcohol. Yeah. So here's the thing: since Norman Baker's procedures, like you said, Archie, mostly didn't involve surgical removal of the tumors, just uh-huh. this corn silk watermelon rinse bullshit that he used. Uh-huh. Why are these tumor? What are these tumor looking? Yeah. unless when he was doing his aut- autopsies uh, after they died, maybe then he then he removed, removed the tumors. Uh, some speculate that they were actually from animals. But again, the, the tissue and, and all of the things, they're still being tested. Um, to this day? <laughs> yeah, the samples were sent to the University of Arkansas for medical sciences and the state crime laboratory for analysis. So, I haven't found any articles stating oh, wow. that they were like, "Hey, this is what it is." However, they did say that if some of the samples are of humans, DNA tests could be done to provide more information. Hmm. yeah, Ooh. so yeah. there is a a news um or a a news show clipping thing, whatever um on YouTube that we're going to put on our website, and it it kind of goes over and it interviews the folks that found it. And, and the, it shows you the jars. And, oh. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating news. Like, it was on, like, the nightly news when they f- discovered oh, wow. it. So we'll put that clip on our um, website so that all of you can be as disturbed as Archie and my mother. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but not you. No, not me. No, because she loves them. I just took a an me. I've seen this weird shit. Mm. And by just took, I mean three years ago i need to go back to school i'm gonna be a 50 year old graduating nurse jesus christ so big swig of wine to that sad state of my education okay now the other theory is that baker could have purchased the tissue samples in the 1930s also he might have taken them with him when he moved to eureka springs because he previously operated a similar facility Oh yeah
0: in Called Iowa. the Baker
1: Institute in Iowa But he was never a doctor Never a fucking doctor I'm more of a doctor than this idiot And I only have two Anatomy classes under my belt <laughs> But I still am more of a doctor Than this fool Anyway So um, They got a quote of somebody uh, That I Cut and pasted and cut out the first part of the interview uh, so the guy's name is Evans his last name and he says sorry Evans uh, this is part of medical history for Arkansas and a lot of doctors are interested in this which I can see that this is an insane find
3: yeah
1: uh, almost a hundred years ago these jars of like human tissue and shit just buried in random alcohol and on the property Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, So, Jack Moyer, who, again, I mentioned earlier, is the general manager of the Crescent Hotel, says that he doesn't believe Baker performed surgeries on live patients at the hospital in Eureka Springs, but he did perform autopsies on the patients who died there. Um, The records do indicate that 40 people were taken from the hospital to the mortuary during the just 20 months that Baker operated the, quote, hospital. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. like a month. And like Archie said, like they he was giving them these weird fucking treatments, but they weren't getting the proper medical care. Even in the '30s and '40s, that they must have had for cancer back then. Mm-hmm. So it was just escalating. The the, the <clears throat> it,
0: uh, prolonging.
1: Yes, just awful, awful, awful. And like you said, he might have what he was doing to them with his treatments was probably just exacerbating the fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disgusting. Anyway. So, this morgue, a group of girls, spend the night in the morgue. Why? Because. I would. I was gonna say, you can't imagine Carrie's the only person like that. Yeah, there's tons of me. (laughs) However, unlike me, these girls used a Ouija board to communicate with whomever or whatever might be there. Oh, Jesus. (sighs) Ouija boards never end up well. Again, cannot stress this enough. History of a Haunting podcast does not condone or support the use of Ouija boards I in any fucking situation. Absolutely not. No. Now, in this particular situation, um, a, camera, or a camera that the hotel keeps in the upper corner of the room, as they have throughout the entire property, mm-hmm. um, captured a bizarre orb that flew through the room as the girls were asleep, right as the timestamp on the video hit 22 22 22. Or, 10.22 p.m. and 22 seconds. I actually do no military time, so I didn't need to look that up. And I'm going to say that because I'm pretty <laughs> fucking proud of that. <laughs> anyway. Um, what is interesting about this particular time, 22, 22, 22, is that numerologists state that this is the highest sequence of manifestation of hmm. spirits. Interesting. interesting. That is interesting. Um, I did watch the video. It is a really quick, like, psh- I mean, it, it yeah, it could be anything, and they slowed it down twice, and it still was like really fucking fast across the camera. Wow, it really could be anything. Um, but anyway, so like I said earlier, Ghost Adventures has done an investigation here, match, and one crew member was in the morgue with someone else and doing an investigation, and I believe the guy was in the cooler where they kept the bodies. Ew. That's just creepy. The bodies are not still there. I don't care. (laughs) Anyway, they heard a banging on the wall of the cooler, and upon investigation, they found that they were the only two down there. But creepy. It freaked me out. I really, we can't go into the morgue at Phelps Dodge Hospital, but I really fucking want to. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Anyway, and another time, while setting up their equipment in the morgue, They before they got their investigation underway, they heard footsteps. And then when they were, the folks were at what they call um, Command Center or Ground Zero or wherever they set up their fucking bank of monitors. When they were looking at the video the camera was filming, they noticed a curtain down there was moving, almost like blowing in a breeze. So they sent, so Zach's like, I sent Billy down to check it out because Zach's a pussy and then go fucking (laughs) check it (laughs) out himself. Poor (laughs) Billy. Won't go check it out himself. But anyway, so the guy goes down there to see what the cause of it is. And as the guy walks in, the curtain inexplicably just stops. Stops moving entirely. So while they were setting up their equipment in the morgue, they heard footsteps. So as soon as the guy got down there, the curtain just stopped moving. Um, No draft, no breeze, nothing was found to explain why this curtain was just billowing away and then abruptly stopped the minute the guy walked in there. And it's downstairs in the... Bay. It's a morgue. Right. You know what I mean? There's nothing going to be down There's there. There's no draft. Exactly. There's no window. There's no... Nobody wants to fucking smell that. <laughs> no. <Ew>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a person that stated that their la- their most recent experience was in the morgue and at the very end of the tour, when the ghost tour guide was trying to contact a young man. This particular um, guest stood at the very edge of the freezer and his friend had stood right next to him with her back to an empty hallway that they had all just come through. So they knew nobody was behind them. When the guide was trying to communicate, his friend whispered to him asking if he had heard that. And he turned to her and said, I only heard a child say something that I couldn't, that he couldn't make out. Um, he then turned her around, back around and was listening to the guide. A few, minutes, a few moments later, the friend asked him again Did you hear that? And he said, I asked her what she had heard. Uh, She said that she was hearing breathing in her right ear between of them. Uh And he didn't hear it, but she did. Um, So he kind of bent his head a little and he tried to listen, but didn't hear anything. So he just kind of brushed it off and told her, I don't hear anything and turned back around. So the girl would not let this fucking go. <laughs> she then told him to hold, her, hold his breath so that she could listen because she thought maybe it was him breathing. You know how there are some people that are just like... <laughs> 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 Which I can't say. Like me. Like Archie. <laughs> Jesus. Archie, could you stop breathing for fuck's sake? No. Um, so she told him to hold his breath so she could listen. And he did so for about 20 seconds. After a few more seconds, she was like, "You don't hear that?" Wow. Yeah, he heard nothing. So this time, the look on her face was of horror, and she started getting tears in her eyes cuz she was freaking out. He shook his head and again turned back to listen to the guide. So this guy's obviously a very concerned and caring friend. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, the girl is having a fucking panic attack. Meltdown. <laughs> Suddenly, Oh, I'm sorry, Leia. Am I bothering you? So the guy says suddenly it felt as if someone took both their hands and slowly expanded their fingertips widely on the back of his head and he turned around, but there was nothing there. Why? Because he was standing up against the wall. Oh. And nobody could have done that. But he felt somebody kind of, almost like, turn, like, put their hand on the back of his head as if to say, fucking pay, like, pay attention. You know how you see people, asshole parents, do that to their kids and aren't fucking paying attention? They're like, look over here. Look over here. Yeah. That would have, mm. Like I said in a couple of episodes ago, I've never so had. creepy. I know, Leah's very concerned. Grandma, protect me. Okay. Here is where we come, Archie, to Morris the cat. Oh, finally! There is more than one animal <laughs> at this uh, hospi- hotel. Hospi-
2: hospital hotel.
1: Hospital hotel. Hospital hotel. I don't know. Um, first, Morris the cat, that Jamie lovingly referred to because everybody, our fans know you have cats and you love cats, and so if there's a ghost cat, well, have cats. You. Archie loves cats. No. He, okay, he loved his cat, Calisto. I used to. I used to love cats. Yeah. But I Shadow. lived with far too many. But he loves Shadow.
2: Don't let him fool you.
1: Don't let him fool you. Shadow, Shadow fool you. loves me. Okay. Anyway, so Morris the cat. His ghost is thought to hang around the, um, the morgue area because it, it was also used to be the maintenance shed. Morris, this is cute, was the hotel manager for 21 years before passing away in 1994. A cat? Yeah. Was the manager? I sure. I see that. Right, don't, they're fucking bossy. But um, what I'm most impressed about is a cat that lived 21 years. Arch, is that? It's been known to happen. Has it? Okay. Um, he is buried on the property and a headstone marks his grave. Aww. I know. Well, he got more than a lot of the guests that stay there. A lot of the patients anyway guess have frequently reported the feeling like something like a cat brush against their leg. in addition to Morris, there is one other pet ghost that is the St. Bernard that Norman Baker used to own. Oh. Yes, and his sloppy wet kiss is another sensation reported to occur, oh, which has wow. got to be tremendous because he was a fucking saint. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah. Um, so some of the other experiences that folks have felt is, um, like I said, uh, the laundry room. Um, that seems to be kind of a, a hopping area. The washers and dryers inexplicably turn on in the middle of the night by themselves. Yeah, creeping maintenance and the overnight housekeeping staff totally out. Um, another one, one of the workers at the hotel received a phone call coming from the recreation room in the basement, but nobody was on the other end of the line. When employees went down to the basement to check out who was on the other end, they did notice that the phone was off the hook, but nobody was down there. Oh. Mm-hmm. What's even more frightening is that the room was locked up. Oh. And the only way to access the room was to unlock it with a key that had was safely put away at the front desk. Mm. What mm. fuck? Um, one morning, slicing vegetables, a cook at the hotel saw the apparition of a young boy with glasses, dressed in old-style clothes and knickers, skipping into the kitchen. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Um, another morning, the same cook experienced pots and plant plans. No, pots and pans. Go ahead, say oh, it. I'm not going to say it. Words are hard. Flying off the hooks. You know, that would annoy the hell out of Steve. Like, I feel like Steve wouldn't care. Our friend, I mean, he was the chef at the hotel we worked at. Mm. I feel like he wouldn't care that there was a ghost in the kitchen, but that he <laughs> threw a pots and pans. on. To pick up <laughs> yeah, the pickup after. that would harp his <laughs> <as> Steve <laughs> off. Um... A photo was taken by an unknown individual in room 202, where it looked as though a ghostly figure was slouching down in the closet. <clears throat> no. Uh, guests have also witnessed the ghost of a waiter in the hallways carrying a tray of butter. That's a very specific apparition. Mm. That you can determine that they're carrying a tray of butter. Also, who needs a whole tray of fucking butter?
2: Well, that's a heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> she
1: raised his hand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, There is also a well-dressed man with a mustache and a beard wearing Victorian-style clothing, along with a top hat, because he's fancy. He is often being seen at the bottom of the stairway as well as at the bar. Is that you? Probably. Probably. (laughs) While several people who have seen him have tried talking with him, he just sits quietly at the bar before vanishing. Also Archie. (laughs) Archie. (laughs) <laughs> true. <laughs> true, true. If you don't know what Archie's like, please listen to the Queen Mary episode and you'll find out. Oh, God. Please don't. <laughs> One of our most popular episodes, Arch. I'm just telling Oh, home.
3: no. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yes. But, you know, this is totally you. Spot on. Well-dressed man with a mustache and a beard. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You're welcome with your beautiful eyes mm. that are shifty that an ophthalmologist should probably look at.
2: <laughs> oh, don't no, God, Jesus! What are you doing to your eyes? Show don't, do don't do that. Okay.
1: Archie's got one of those like free-floating eyes that when like one looks this way, the other one can like look all. Yeah, I can. I can look wherever I want. Oh, at the same time. <laughs> That's terrifying. We'll put a picture of it on our Facebook. Come On oh, <laughs> our
2: Facebook page
1: for Archie's creepy fucking eyes. Okay. Witnesses have reported hearing a woman screaming as if she's falling. It's believed to be the screams that are coming from um, the female who was a student at the building that got herself pregnant. Got
2: herself pregnant. Yeah,
1: my mom can't let that go. (laughs) 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 Um, Again, she is believed to be the source of the mist people see flowing down from the third floor of the building around 1030 at night. Um, Back to Ghost Adventures for just a hot minute. You know, I, I I don't like the theatrics of the show, but they catch good shit. Mm-hmm. So I I put myself through watching it because it's it really they catch a lot of good stuff. They did catch an EVP believed to be Norman Baker saying, "You got credit," <laughs> <laughs> in what was called the pain ward. Wow. Right, lovely, lovely. Um, in a room where they set up a music box, it had actually started to play. And not only play, but it kicked up the EMF detector all the way up to seven. And it also started skipping notes in the song. It was wild. Mm. Yeah. So at this point, they brought out the 3D mapping camera, also known as the SLS. And they caught an entity right in front of the music box, appearing to reach over and touch it as it was playing and skipping notes. Wow. I know. So those stick figures creep me the fuck out. Oh, they're great, though. I know, right? And more Patreons, help us get an SLS, Please, $5 a month. Um, they also captured disability voices on the second floor and another entity that said, Hi, Billy, the name of one of the crew members. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting, and I want to talk just a quick, quick minute. I know that I bash on Zach Bagans a lot because he's theatrical, and one of, you look on his Wikipedia page, and it says his profession is an actor. So there's that. But... In this particular episode, and I think that we can all kind of relate to him in this particular um, situation, he's being taken on a tour of the hotel, and they're talking to him about Norman Baker and these ludicrous fucking cures for cancer, and Zach Bagans tells the the person taking him on the tour that, you know, the episode aired last year in 2019, um, but he tells the person taking him on the tour that he just lost his dad to cancer and he says that in the process because obviously cancer is not like a very quick disease unless you catch it very very late and you don't realize you know what i mean and then Mm -hmm. within weeks you're dead but most people don't do that um so he said that throughout the process of his father battling cancer every new um thing and, and treatment and, and option that they gave their, that his father, the whole family was very hopeful that this would be the one that would work. That mm. this would be the one that would work.
0: Right, right,
1: right. And um, when it didn't, there was, there was crushing disappointment for him and his, his family and, of course, his father. So he said that he was very, very personally affected by the fact that there was this man, this charlatan, that was promising these people cures for cancer. That's what he fucking called the hospital. <laughs> And I just was like, you know what? I, I, feel, I, I felt genuinely bad for Zach Bagans and his family. Because if we know, Mom, what that's like. We have lost a number of, of people in our family to cancer. And we have people currently in our family that we love very much that are currently fighting cancer. And I think that that would be a horrible, horrible thing. To be promised, I can cure you of your cancer. And back
3: mm-hmm.
1: in in the 40s, in the 30s, when they really didn't know even a fraction of what they know now, that's just a really horrible thing. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that. And my mom is getting tears in her eyes. Sorry, I brought this
2: fucking way down.
1: As I like to yes, do. Yes, you do. As I do. Um, But I just wanted to kind of say that, yeah, I talk a lot of shit about Zach Bagans, but in this particular episode, like, you know, this is his job, and he's supposed to be theatrical, but I completely related to him and felt really genuinely uh, bad for him and his family, and I I just wanted to say that. I'm still going to continue to talk crap about him when I think he's being a big blustery ball of bullshit, but (laughs) in this particular episode, Zach, I feel you, man. Now couple of tour guide encounters at the conclusion of one of their nightly tours two ladies sisters stopped to ask the guide a question the blonde haired sister asked why i didn't introduce the gentleman who was sitting in the rocking chair during his opening remarks in the hotel's history room where they start all of the tours the tour guide said i looked at her and told her there was no one sitting in the rocking chair her sister laughed looked at her and laughed and said i told you oh jesus and the blonde sister went on to say that he was wearing a three-piece brown suit, a rounded hat, and that he smiled and laughed and rocked all during his opening comments. I bet these. T- I want to be a tour guide at one of these places. <laughs> Winchester Crescent Hotel, Stanley. Just, oh, just let me be a part of it. I don't care what you want me to do. Another night, a tour guide in the morgue um, <laughs> said that he had just brought his. What did tour- your daughter do? She's a tour guide in a morgue. I bet you there are more people.
0: A haunted morgue.
1: Bet you there are more people than you think that would be like, get out, really tell me everything.
2: (laughs) I haven't spoken
1: to her in five
2: years.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Mother of the fucking year. Okay. Um, One night in the morgue, another tour guide had just brought his tour in and they were beginning to sit in the front area. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw a man high stepping into the autopsy room. I don't know what that is. High stepping? Is that a phrase? Kind of marching? Kind of high stepping. Maybe. High-stepping. Maybe. Um, he did wear a dark suit and a top hat, so he was also fancy. So the tour guide excused himself and went into the room, looked around, and even opened the meat locker where Baker stored his cadavers. And oh! <gasps> oh. <laughs> I forgot that was in there. <laughs> oh! <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry, mom. And I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I hate to wake Lay up, but I gotta get out of here. No,
1: sorry. <sighs> but Are you nobody not done. I am, but nobody was there. However, the tour guide had seen him plain as day, and the hair on the back of his neck stood up, and he had goosebumps. Um, another tour guide says, When I was standing against the wall across from the Sky Bar, located on the hotel's fourth floor, which is pet friendly, that's where Henry went. Um, <laughs> to their left, they saw an orange striped tabby cat at the end of the hall. We walked down to that area and looked to the left and right, but there was no cat. I just know it was Morris, the tour guide said. The hotel's orange striped tabby cat for 21 years, from 73 to 94. Well. and is buried again like I said complete with headstone in the hotel's East Lawn Garden it was paying us another visit note this is what my notes say note a cat like entity is often felt in the hotel's lobby rubbing it up against a guest's legs or jumping into a guest's lap right below the Morris Memorial poem and photo oh,
2: so God. Morris gets a a headstone and a memorial and <laughs> yada 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 but People who actually died there get
1: nothing. Well, Michael has his own room that he haunts, and Theodora has 419 <laughs> that she haunts, and then there's that girl that got herself pregnant that haunts the third floor wall from the third floor down. I mean, they, you know, they get stuff. <laughs>
0: okay. She gets the third floor wall, you know, from where she fell
1: to the ground. She gets that whole area, way bigger space than Morris. Jesus Christ, what cries. <laughs> And my last bit of haunting (laughs) stuff One night this summer um, This is what a tour guide says This summer in 2018 I had a full ghost tour of 24 people Seated in the entranceway of the morgue As I stood up to make my presentation I heard distinct footsteps in the autopsy room Which was just down a short hallway from us It sounded like someone was pacing back and forth I had an eerie feeling that it might be a ghost Of course What else would it be? And that, um, he said, I had an eerie feeling that it might be a ghost and that I was the only one hearing the footsteps, which apparently is a common thing, like the girl hearing the breathing. So a few seconds later, as I was presenting the story of Norman Baker, I noticed that no one on the tour was listening to me. <laughs> they seemed distracted. <laughs> wow. So I pause and I asked the group, do you hear footsteps? And they all nodded in unison with a look of terror on their faces. Which I gotta be a part of. Oh, anyway, so, let's talk about some fun facts of the Crescent Hotel.
2: Could you wait till I die before you do all this fun stuff?
1: My fun facts or the go to Because I can't wait till you die to do my fun facts. It's already
2: a long enough episode. Anyway.
1: anyway yes, I can wait if you... Thank
2: was... you. Was
1: I I said nothing. I heard what you said. Okay. So... <laughs> The Crescent has retained its 19th century character, the 14-foot ceilings of the crystal ballroom, the elegant and hand-painted lobby. Hand-painted lobby? That's really amazing. Wow. Um, The upscale guest rooms and the large verandas that allow guests to enjoy the fresh mountain air. Um, dancing legend Irene Castle has also been seen at the hotel. Oh really? Do you know who she is? Yeah. Okay. Um, she and her husband Vernon were the best known ballroom dancers mm-hmm. of the early twentieth century. Yeah. I and know. I guess
2: I don't remember them personally, but I remember hearing about them. good old
1: Irene <laughs> and Vernon. Um, she appeared in Broadway shows, several movies, and her popularization of social dancing with her husband was actually portrayed in a movie starring Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire entitled The Story of Vernon and Irene Castle. Oh. Ah. That's that. catchy yeah, title. A little bit on the nose, but sure. So apparently after the death of her fourth fourth husband, she bought a house on a small acreage of land not far from the Crescent Hotel. And I guess she did like to spend a lot of time at the hotel, just in its and bars that. and restaurants. I mean four husbands. Wow, okay. Um <laughs> so it is said of Irene that even in her 60s that she was still, quote, a trim, lovely, and a fashionable lady with nothing to do but embrace the social scene of Eureka Springs. Can't imagine it was too hopping, but I'm not here to judge much. Of Broadway, which... way, but, you know. Sure, whatever. <laughs> um, so, here's what happened. Bill Ott, our friend, the director of marketing and communication from the beginning of my portion, he states... Quote, it was a a family that vacations annually with us here at the Crescent who were part of the encounter where links to Irene came to the fore. This story, which was recounted on a recent episode of Biography Channel's My Ghost Story, takes place when the mother was giving the young daughter a bath in their room and the young girl began talking as if she was having a conversation with somebody. The young girl said there was a princess standing right behind her mother, but the mother saw nobody. The mother thought it was unusual because her daughter was using such words as pirouette, ballerina, tango, princess, castle, and bob. Words this child had never heard. heard. Yeah. So it wasn't until the girl's father read about Irene Castle's connection to the Crescent on the hotel's blog that he was able to put the puzzle pieces together. Um, he writes, The strange word my daughter, words my daughter had said that we had made note of began to make sense. The princess was someone in a costume. That princess did not live in a castle, she was castle. Bob was a hairstyle popularized by Irene Castle. A Bob, yeah. Those dancing terms were words commonly used by a professional dancer. It was clear my daughter had been talking to the ghost of Irene Castle. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Ott has also said, and I'm going to end my portion with this. Um, We will have a husband on tour who doesn't believe a word of it and his wife who is absolutely convinced that the hotel is haunted, but they both enjoy the tour because of the stories. One of the greatest things I like about our ghost tours is whether you're a dyed-in-the-wool paranormal fan or one of the biggest skeptics in the world. If you don't believe, that's fine with us. You don't have to believe in ghosts to take and enjoy the tour. People enjoy the stories and the history. There is entertainment value, which I feel is a perfect summation of our podcast as well. Very much so. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, let's talk about ghost hunters. They captured a full body apparition uh, on their thermal imaging camera. Do you guys know what that is? Yes.
2: Yeah. Sorry.
1: Of. <laughs> My flight is here
2: <laughs>
1: to take me off to Arkansas. So, thermal imaging camera basically um, detects uh, heat signatures. It's that red, it's kind of that rainbow looking camera where cold spots appear blue and like a person standing in the kitchen, it will appear red because they're putting off heat. It basically is a heat, it tracks heat signatures. So, ghost hunters captured a full body apparition while conducting their on site investigation. And it's wild, you guys. I'm gonna show you here in- at this place. Mm hmm. I'm gonna show you the video here in a second. Um, they called it the Holy Grail of ghost hunting, and it is. This is the one thing. Like I said, I've seen every episode of Ghost Hunters. I, I, I remember their most key bits of like ex- exceptional evidence, and this is one of them. I actually thought that it was when they were investigating the Queen Mary, but it's this place, and they caught it down in the morgue against up against one of the lockers in the morgue. It's absolutely wild. So I'm going to show it to you guys here in a second, and we're going to put this vi- same foot video footage on um, our website. Now, let's talk about getting there because we're going to go, right? Okay. Archie's rolling his eyes like, "Fuck, we go everywhere, except we literally go nowhere. We just talk about all the places <laughs> we're going to go that we're probably never going to it fucking
2: go." really. <laughs> Although he
1: knows if I can find a way, we will fucking go. <laughs>
2: Like I said at the
1: beginning, the hotel's website is americasmosthauntedhotel.com. They are located at 75 Prospect Avenue in Eureka Springs, Arkansas 72632. You want to um, inquire about rates and availability, you may call 855-725-5720. The hotel is um, located roughly 200 miles north of Little Rock, right at the Missouri state line border. Um, There are now the rates rooms and spa packages run 299 to 999 they've got a bunch yeah i mean they've got a bunch of different packages from one night for two people with breakfast to packages of like up to groups of four they've got mountain biker packages ghost tour packages motorcycle packages and they have a ton of different packages that you can book Um, the tours, the prices range from $8 to $22.50. There are various uh, themed tours throughout the year and you can definitely see their website again America's americasmosthauntedhotel.com for details. You can also follow them on Facebook. So that's what I have for the 1886 Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. This is probably one of our longest episodes. It was definitely my longest in terms of notes. I had 14 pages. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you very much, Jamie. Yes, <sighs> This much. was an exceptional suggestion. It was an exceptional suggestion. I didn't know... I have heard about the place. I um, have heard a couple of podcasts um, do episodes on it. But when I really got into my research, I, I was like, oh, we gotta add that. Oh shit, we gotta add that. We gotta throw that in. I mean, it's just endless. Um, Michael and Theodora and this Norman Baker dude, geez. Um, But yeah, so yeah, this was the 1886 Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. Super excited uh, to, do this, to do this episode. So yeah, what'd you guys think? This was great. This was wonderful. Creepy.
2: Super creepy. Totally. This Norman yeah, sure. Baker guy. Ugh. Oh, what a dick!
1: Totally. Ugh. Yeah. Like so. Of
2: letters off from Bates.
1: I know. I <laughs> when I had first heard about this like a couple of years ago, I was like, Norman Bates. What? Wait. No. Wait. No. That's that's who's snoring. Chewie. Oh my. Okay. Well, he can because he's grungy. Anyway. Thank you very much, guys. Um, I'm going to let Chewy lead us out to the end of the episode because, as always, please take a quick listen to our...
2: Actually, it's Leia.
1: Is it Leia? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chewy and Leia, even though they're sleeping, would like for you very much to listen to our sponsor, (laughs) Love Heals Rescue. Uh, Please help us be a part of the solution. And, Archie, what do you have to say to the folks?
0: Well, we can be found on multiple social media platforms mm-hmm. at HOAH Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, our website, www.hoahpodcast.com, and our Patreon, backslash HOAH Podcast.
1: We are boring my dog to death. Anyway, Mom, thank you very much for being here with us. Um, I know that this episode is a little grisly at times, and you don't really like kind of that. Handy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but your giggle fits are just fucking everything. <laughs> they fantastic. They're fantastic. They're just everything. So thank you very much. Um, all right, guys, we will see you next week when we bring you yet another infamously haunted location. Five out of five bananas. Oh That's my. the rating on this one. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned next week when we bring you Eastern State Penitentiary. All right. Penitentiary or penitentiary? Penitentiary. 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 Penitentiary Or (laughs) prison. Penitentiary. Eastern State Prison. What's the difference between a prison and a
2: penitentiary?
1: Archie will research that for his portion of next week's episode. Thank you, Archie. She punched me. <laughs> he bruises like a peach. Oh, <laughs> Alright, I gotta go edit this mess, so I'm gonna go. Um, Alright. Alright, thanks guys. Bye, we love everybody. you so much. Bye. Bye.
0: Love Heals Rescue is a nonprofit organization that believes every dog in need deserves a second chance at a new life.
1: Love Heels wants to partner with the community to help as many dogs as possible find loving homes while also helping dogs in need in the area, such as providing a last litter program where the mother dog is fixed and returned or adopted, and all of the puppies are fixed, examined by a vet, microchipped, and adopted out to help with the overpopulation of dogs in the area.
0: Love Heels Rescue cannot continue to help the community without a dedicated foster network.
1: Please consider becoming a foster. You can find them on Facebook by searching Love Heals Rescue. Help Help us be be a part of of the solution.